Welcome to the Crossview Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy the message this morning. For more information, visit us at mycrossview.com. Welcome to Church Online this morning as we dive into the second week looking at the I Am Statements of Jesus. Last week, we looked at the Old Testament passage where God shares his personal name with Moses. God tells Moses that my name is I am. And we talked a little bit about what that means and how Jesus connects himself to that idea. You know, names are part of our identity, right? Uh, It's how we first come to know someone. But eventually, when we think about that someone, you, you first think of their name. And then comes along all of what you know about that person. Their characteristics, their personality, the experiences that you've had with that person. All of that gets triggered in our minds by a name. And so God gives his name to Moses, but then we see this incredible progression of God revealing more and more about who he is throughout the story of scripture, right up to the point where God actually shows up on the scene in in the person of Jesus. Incredible. So today we're going to turn our attention to another I am statement of Jesus uh, in the New Testament as, as Jesus continues to teach us and to show us more about who he is. Last week, we read where Jesus says, I am the bread of life. If you remember, it was in John chapter 6. says, Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, give us that bread every day. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Just a few chapters later, we find another powerful I am statement. In uh, This time, we find it in John chapter 8, starting in verse 12. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Now, this is such a cool statement by Jesus, but first we need to understand uh, this idea of light. It's a powerful metaphor and Um, in just all by itself, and we find it all over scripture. But another significant aspect to this text is when and where Jesus says this. So first, let's understand the light metaphor a little bit uh, more. It's a wonderful thing, isn't it, right? Light? (laughs) Years ago, uh, before I attended George Fox University for college, I had a friend there. And one weekend, I got to go visit my friend to check out the school and to visit my friend. It was a lot of fun. I got to attend classes, meet some professors, and stay in my friend's dorm room. And that was the weekend that I decided to go to that school. It was also the weekend that I got the only concussion that I can remember. Sort of. (laughs) We were outside at night playing frisbee, as any good college student should be, uh, when my friend threw the frisbee down a long path that they had called the canyon. It was very dark, and I went running after the Frisbee. As soon as I cleared the parking lot and started to head down this canyon path, all I remember is something hitting me just below the knees, flipping through the air, and then hitting my head on the ground. 
There was a chain barrier across the entrance to this pathway to block cars from driving down into the canyon path. But I couldn't see it because it was dark. The rest of that night was a bit of a blur for me. I remember my friend and his roommate taking me back to their dorm room, and I remember feeling very sick for the rest of that night. I ended up being okay, but I still think of that story every time I rem I'm reminded of the benefit of light. And every time I'm reminded, uh, of, when I think of the story, I'm reminded of our need of light in dark places. So we find this metaphor of light all over scripture. In fact, light was one of the first hallmarks of God's creation in Genesis chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light, and God saw that the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. And evening passed and morning came, marking the first day. Light is important to creation. In our world, light means life to so many things. Through the process of things like photosynthesis, plants are able to take light and turn it into the sustaining nutrients that they need. Light is also uh, life-giving on many levels for plants, animals, and us humans. We know that living in the Pacific Northwest, uh, light's very important, right? When the sun comes out, everyone kind of comes alive. We've even figured out how to harness light, uh, the power of light, to power all kinds of things in our world. Light is important. Light is life-giving. There's also a spiritual reality to light and darkness. And we find scripture using this metaphor in this way in a number of different places. For example, like in Ephesians 5, in verse 8. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Acts 26, verses 15 and 17 through 18. The Lord replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get to your feet, for I have appeared to you to appoint you as my servant and witness. Yes, I'm sending you to the Gentiles to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. Then they will receive forgiveness for their sins and be given a place among God's people who are set apart by faith in me. There are plenty of other examples in scripture. So as we turn our, our eyes to the text for today, Jesus uses this metaphor. And he says this in John chapter 8, starting in verse 12. I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Now, like I mentioned before, part of what makes Jesus' words so powerful is the context in which he says them. In this passage, Jesus is in Jerusalem, and uh, he's at the temple. And he's been teaching in the temple courts for a couple of days. Not only is the location that he's at important, but the timing is too. If you go back toward the end of John chapter 7, you'll see that Jesus is in Jerusalem for another special holiday. He's there for one of the Jewish holy times, a festival called the Festival of Tabernacles. Now, the Festival of Tabernacles was a time when the Jewish people remembered another part of their Exodus experience. So remember the Exodus story when the Israelites left Egypt? They traveled through the desert on their way to the Promised Land. We've talked about that a couple of times over these past few weeks. 
But this festival highlighted in particular how God provided for the Israelites during that time in the desert. So traditionally, the Feast of Tabernacles was held at harvest time because it commemorated God's provision for the people. So do you remember when uh, the Israelites left Egypt? They were in the wilderness, in the desert for many, many years. They had nothing. It was a dark time for the people, literally and spiritually. So later on in the Feast of the Tabernacles, the people would gather together and celebrate how God had provided for them in this wilderness experience, in the desert. They celebrated three ways in particular that God provided for them. First, uh, during this festival, most people would stay in little tents or thatched huts as a way to remember what it was like when during their time in the desert, they had no permanent home. And it was to remind them that their true home was in and with the presence of God. So they recognized that God provided shelter for them in the desert. The second thing that they would do during this festival were rituals of pouring out water. Now that seems a little weird to us, but this, uh, but this water event during the festival feast reminded them of how when they were dying of thirst in the, in the wilderness, in the desert, that Moses struck the rock and out of that rock, God provided water. God quenched their thirst so that they could live. Now, the third aspect of this festival uh, was that every night they would light an enormous candelabra in the temple. And this candelabra usually had a number of large lamps attached to it. And these lamps, when they were all lit, they were so big that it would flood light into the temple and out to the rest of the city. Now, they did this as a way of remembering and commemorating not just how God gave them shelter, not just how God gave them water, but how God gave them light in the darkness of the wilderness. Do you remember how God did this in the story of, of the Exodus? Right As they were leaving Egypt, something appeared before the people. In the daytime, it looked like a pillar of cloud, and it sheltered them, and it uh, even sheltered them from the sun. And when the sun would begin to go down, the cloud began to glow. And when the sun was totally out, the pillar uh, turned of uh, the pillar of cloud turned into a pillar of fire, light in the darkness. And when they traveled, this light led them. And when they were attacked from their enemies from behind, it protected them. In Exodus 13, we read, "The Lord went ahead of them. He guided them during the day with a pillar of cloud." And he provided light at night with a pillar of fire. This allowed them to travel by day or by night. And the Lord did not remove the pillar of cloud or the pillar of fire from its place in front of the people. It's an amazing story of God's provision for his people. Can I ask you this question? Have you faced a time in your life that has seemed dark? Or maybe a time where the future is unknown? Have you had to place your complete trust in God when you didn't know what was next? Well, can I tell you that we have a God that will never leave us and never forsake us and that leads us in times of uncertainty, even through the darkest storms of our life. God has a plan for each of us and he is our light in the darkness. So in Jesus' time when the Jewish people are gathered in Jerusalem every night, they light this candelabra to remember and celebrate God's gift of light in the darkness. 
But on the last night of the festival, which is when this teaching happened, they didn't light the candelabra. And why? Well, because they're putting everything away. They're taking down all of the decorations. It's like when after Christmas, you take down the Christmas tree and put everything away. It's not as much fun to take down the lights, um, but it was far worse for the Jewish people when the Israelites, when they're thinking about this, because in that temple court, in front of those cold, dark lamps that night, it was obvious to them. They were remembering how it seems like the light of God's provision cloud um, had been gone for decades and for centuries. Remember, uh, they, they remembered God's provision and they were waiting for that to happen again. They were waiting for their Savior, waiting for the Messiah, like the lights had been out. So on this last night of the feast, when all the lights are out, when there was a feeling of darkness again, and it was really, really dark, the party was completely over. It's on that night, with no candles lit, that Jesus walks into the temple courts and here that Jesus boldly and dramatically claims what we read in John chapter 8. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. And if you follow me, you won't have to walk, walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Amazing. Jesus' audience would have known exactly the kind of provocative statement that he was making at that night when those candelabras were not lit. In fact, if you keep reading in John, John will make the comment that he's surprised that Jesus wasn't arrested or killed right there. You see, that's who Jesus is. Uh, in this, he's the same presence of God that protects and provides and illuminates the way forward. This is another amazing connection that Jesus is making to the story of the Old Testament, God. For generations, the people had been waiting for God's presence, his light to fill the temple again, to fill the city once more. And here Jesus was saying, I am that light. I am God's presence with you. You don't get any closer to God than standing here with me right now. Wow. How many people heard Jesus speak that day and began to realize who it is that was speaking to them? Maybe Jesus is similarly speaking to us this morning. He's the light in the darkness of our world, the one who provides for us in many ways, our protector and our provider. We have a God that will never leave us. He will never forsake us. And he leads us in the wilderness in, and in times of uncertainty, even through the darkest storms of our life. You can trust him. Is there any area of your life where you're not completely relying on God to be your provider, where maybe you're trying to do it on your own? Are there any areas of your life where you feel like those are dark places and in need of God's light? Are there any areas of your life where you need the refreshment of God's living water? Do you feel alone with no place to go? Well, Jesus is the shelter that we seek. I just want to encourage you to turn to him and to give your heart more fully to God or maybe even for the first time this morning. We commit to be a place where we can journey together as a family of faith, committing ourselves to love each other and love God as best we possibly can, following Jesus as our light. Because he is, he's our light in the darkness, and we can trust him no matter what comes. Make this connection again from Exodus 13 to what Jesus says. In Exodus 13, it says, The Lord went ahead of them. He guided them during the day with a pillar of cloud and provided light at night with a pillar of fire. This allowed them to travel by day or by night, and the Lord did not remove the pillar of cloud or the pillar of fire from its place in front of the people. 
And in John 8, Jesus says, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Do you need that light this morning? Don't be discouraged and don't be afraid. In the difficulty of this life, and we know life is hard, especially now in these days, but Jesus is the light that will lead the way in the darkness of this world. Jesus is our good shepherd and knows what his people and his church need now and into the future. Not only that, but God will provide in significant ways, even in ways beyond what we can even hope or imagine. He always has and he always will. He has everything that we need for life and faith. And he gives the direction. He leads the way. He goes with us. He protects us. He comforts us. His presence fills the space of our lives. He says, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness because they will have the light that leads to life. And that is good news. Be encouraged today. Seek the Lord and his guidance and his direction. He will provide what you need. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I'm so thankful for these stories. Thankful for these I am statements of Jesus where Jesus is revealing who he is and the heart of God for us as we follow him. We thank you uh, for the way that you have provided historically, <laughs> practically, spiritually. You are a, a faithful God who provides. When we don't know what we need, when we don't know the way forward, you do. And you guide and you protect. You are our light in the darkness. So God, we turn to you this morning. We just confess any area that we may be holding on to uh, that we need to trust you with. God, come and, and uh, uh, bring your light into our heart and to our mind and just dispel the darkness that may be there. We come to you and ask for your help, ask for your aid, ask for your love. Help guide us and lead us as we go day by day moving forward. God, we want to pray that your light has a significant impact on the world around us. May we be like candles walking around. But we pray for our neighbors. We pray for our community. We pray for our world in desperate need of the light of God. We know how powerful it is. And so help us as we do our best to be lights in dark places. Empower us with the, the incredible power of your spirit and the truth of your word. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's continue to worship today.